Good morning, Marshall students, and welcome to another episode of NBA's Unplugged. I'm your host, Fedge McDermott, and let's dive into today, Tuesday, September 8th. Uh, so no real program office announcements today that I'm aware of, so we'll just dive into the events that we have for the rest of this week, which there are a fair amount, so I'm going to try to breeze through these pretty quickly. Uh, the first one we have here is a joint HTA and MCSC casing session. That will be happening today from 3.30 to 5. Uh, after that, or at the same time, there will be Marshall Business Competition Program training, uh, building effective presentations, and PowerPoint tips and tricks. That will be running from 3.30 to 4.50, so those are a bit of an overlap there. Uh, additionally, there will be a session on opportunities in the gaming industry, if you're interested. Uh, that will be running from 4 p.m. to 5.30 today. And then beers and business ideas, uh, I have no idea what that's about, but that is running today from 5 to 6 p.m. And then there will be a C4C Special Olympics Bingo Night running from 7 to 8.30 p.m. if you're interested in uh, getting some community service hours for to go towards your C4C. Then on Wednesday, we have a few more events there, an NBA Ambassador Info Session at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, uh, Introduction to Investment Management at 4 p.m., uh, introduction to the tech industry and tech recruitment also at 4 p.m. Uh, the Marshall Net Impact Happy Hour and Speed Networking will be happening from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. We'll also be having a uh, Marshall Graduate Mixer uh, using that Remo software that we used in our last mixer. So that will be running from 4.30 to 6 p.m. today. Uh, and you guys should all have calendar invites that came from my email address for uh, with the links for all that in case you have trouble finding it. And then finally, at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, we have the first of the, our weekly Marshall Trivia League sessions. Uh, so come join us from 7 to 9, where we'll be hosting uh, rounds of trivia, where we'll take everyone who signs up and max you up into different sort of trivia groups so that you guys can get to know each other better, as well as have fun over a session of trivia. We'll be using the Remo software for that one as well, and there will be prizes for the winners. So it ranges from fun things like uh, branded koozies, uh, sunglasses, bottle openers, that sort of thing. Uh, so make sure you uh, RSVP so that we can get you sorted into your teams. And best of luck to everyone that joins for that. And then on Thursday, we have Primer on Tech Roles panel as a career workshop on Thursday at 2.30. Uh, introduction to Corporate Finance, that'll be on Thursday at 5 p.m. And then the HLA Happy Hour will be happening at 6 then. Uh, finally, on Friday, September 11th, we'll be having a second-year panel on interning in the entertainment industry, running from 3 to 4. Uh, LNO presents the elevator, elevator pitch workshop from 4 to 5. Uh, MFA first and second-year mixer, uh, so that's happening at 5 to 6. And then a poker night, a beta testing a new poker site. Uh, curious about that one, too. So that's happening from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m on Friday, September 11th. Again, for all these events, uh, I'm pretty much reading these directly off of the calendar on campus groups. If you would like something more personalized for your event specifically, make sure to fill out the event link that comes with the Marshall when I send this out. So in the email, there should be a link there for you to actually register your event in case you want a bit more of a blurb from me on my end. Uh, that's it for the events coming up for this week. We can just dive straight into our uh, our speaker today, which is going to be with Josh Wallenick, who is a second year focused on the entertainment industry. Uh, he also was one of my very first uh, interviewees, but due to my audio issues, uh, we pretty much just scrapped it. It was it was unrecoverable, unlike the one with Kit. I, I, I just sounded awful. Uh, so 
instead we sat down this past week and just did a second recording and just sort of reframed it for our current time so uh it's a bit more accurate for the times now so with that i will switch over to him and also a reminder that if you would like to be featured on the show in future episodes to make sure you go to the link in the email that was distributed to sign up there as well so with that i will hand it over to josh and now moving on to tonight's guest portion of the show i am joined uh once again by a good friend of mine josh walnick hey welcome back to the show josh Thanks for having me, Fez. It's a pleasure. <laughs> so uh, Josh and I had an episode that was recorded uh, very early on in the life of NBA's Unplugged, which unfortunately never got to air because similar to last week's episode with Kit Fong, uh, my audio was just such garbage that it was going to be a monumental task for me to sort of rectify that situation. So I figured uh, what better excuse to have Josh back on the show, especially now that we're diving into our second year here yeah I, I i'm very appreciative of the opportunity to do round two things have changed things have changed a lot because i'm pretty sure when we interviewed it was like barely the beginning of april uh yeah that sounds right so uh <laughs> outlook was a lot less bleak than it is now <laughs> I think we were all. Ta- I think all the questions I had were talking about things that you were doing on campus and what you were looking forward to about campus life and stuff. So, yeah, it was a very in-person oriented uh, interview, as I recall. Yeah. Um, so, getting into today, so we'll be talking more about where you came from and where you hope to be going once we finish up with our second year here. Uh, now I'll be followed up by a few questions on my end, more about the Marshall specifics with you actually. Uh, so before we get into that though, unlike the last time we interviewed where you only played trivia, we're going to have something else involved. So you had these five sort of mini games to choose from and you chose soundboard research. Is that oh, yeah. correct? Yes. Oh, yeah. So you're going to help me pick out some eventual clips for my uh, future soundboard here. So what I have up for you is some awesome uh, Samuel Jackson, where the hell is it? Samuel Jackson clips. So This I is great. You. I I, gotta, I believe he's still the, the highest grossing actor uh, of all time. So uh, I'm honored. First, from Samuel Jackson, we have... Hold on to your butt. Oh, you started with the gold, man. I actually, I actually uh, watched part of that film, uh, Jurassic Park, this this weekend, and uh, and that's gonna be tough to beat. Let's see. How about this one? Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I mean, that's gonna be really functional for you at some point in terms of like, uh, you know, you, you're gonna have to use that. But uh, I don't know. I still like hold on to your butt. I think that one has a lot more range in terms it of... It has uh, range. <laughs> it has range. Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. And I think he... I think he does, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then the guy comes out from the bathroom and shoots at him and Travolta and they get... Uh, they don't get hit, and then they look at each other, and then they shoot him. Great oh. scene. I'm saying I'm guessing that one doesn't really live up to the other two so far. Well, I mean, it's a classic, but 
uh, it's going to depend upon what our objective is here, Fedge. I mean, the objective is like you get to you have free reign. I'm not involved in the selection process. This is all just me. I know, but I want to I want to help you. You know what I mean? That's what that's my prerogative. <laughs> What's going to be helpful to you down the line? Uh, and then finally, this will be the last one for you to choose from. English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Yeah. Uh, same scene. Great clip. Um, right, that is the same scene. I, I am emotionally connected with Hold On To Your Butts. I really am. Um, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, quote, shut the fuck up, right? Uh, is the second one? Yeah. Like, it was like more slower. Shut the, the fuck up. Yeah. yeah um, that one. Gosh. Uh, we, 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 can't, we can't have the callers, uh, the, the listeners call in and, and weigh in on this, can we? No. Oh, no, unfortunately, this is not live. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, um, I I'm gonna indulge my uh, my um, my like sentimental Jurassic Park love and go with hold on to your butt. We're gonna go with hold on to your butt. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give that to myself today as a gift. All right, you deserve that. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, that's kind of sort of relevant to where we're going to go in the conversation from here, I mm. imagine, right? So mm. why, don't, why, don't you, why don't you dial it back for me a little bit and take me down that, that road that was Josh Wallenick coming to uh, USC Marshall here? Yeah. Um, where, where do I begin? What's, what's an appropriate place to begin? Um, it's honestly your call. You can, you can start as far back as like uh, the wee Josh lad that was uh, – <laughs> He was very roaming, wee. roaming around he, North Carolina. He, he, he was very you. wee for for you <laughs> of those that don't know me. Uh, the the young Josh was a, was a was short of stature as is the current Josh. Um, <laughs> so um, I grew up in a military family. My dad was mm-hmm. in the Air Force. Uh, we moved around. Born in Florida, lived on Andrews Air Force Base outside of D.C., lived on Kadena in Japan for four years, then came to North Carolina, which is where my dad eventually settled. He's a doctor. He opened a practice there. Um, when I was eight, my mother uh, escorted me to an audition for a production of Annie uh, for uh, being uh, put up by a local community theater. Uh, I ended up being the only male orphan, and that was what uh, initiated me into the world of, of performance and entertainment. Um, it all started because there was a scene where um, I forget what number it was, but um, all of the girls were doing something and then I was making faces at the girls and I was getting laughs. And it was like my, my first exposure to that drug, which is making an audience laugh. And it Mm -hmm. was just, you know, that was the rest of my, of my life is chasing that. So um, yeah, uh, let's see. I went to undergrad at UNC Chapel Hill along with several notable Trojans. Uh, Alex Owen was there while I was there uh, who fed you lived with. Um, yes. And uh, we did theater together. He was a senior when I was a freshman. And then uh, Jess Marker went to UNC uh, added, as did uh, A.G. Yep. Mansella. Uh, did I say A.G.? I meant A.J. Sorry. Um, I forgot A.J. went there. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, so I studied English and Dramatic Art at UNC. Afterwards, I moved to New York to become an actor. Uh, first big thing I booked was the soap opera called All My Children. I played uh, a member of the primary bullies posse. So I was, my, my technical title was Hunter's Posse. Um, 
So I did that. One Life to Live shot on the same set. So I did that too. Did a bunch of commercials. Ended up doing 10 plays while I was in New York, mostly off-off-Broadway, one off-Broadway production of uh, Othello, the Shakespeare play. Mm-hmm. Um, I started out waiting tables like everybody else. Uh, that got really uh, tiresome. In North Carolina, it was kind of a pleasure. And in New York, it was very much a pain um, in terms of dealing with, uh, you know, I was at a restaurant uh, by Lincoln Center and it was the opera clientele. And that really turned me off to the service industry forever. Um, So I uh, found a job on Craigslist as a financial journalist, or at that time it was an $8 an hour intern and worked my way up to a staff writer for a company called Minionville Media also was the editor of their social media at a point. Um, So that company got sold. I went off into the freelance world of writing, Mm -hmm. subbing pre-K at a Jewish day school. Um, (laughs) I worked for this company called Poppin, which is an office supply company. And they send a handwritten note to every uh, first time online customer. And um, I did that 200 notes a week. That Um, is absurd. Yeah, I think they pay me like 75 cents per or something like that. And I actually once upon a time wrote one of those notes to Ivanka Trump. Uh, And this was um, in the early days of it being like, is Trump going to run for president or not? And, you know, I told people about it and they were like, tell her to tell her dad to not run for president. (laughs) And like, I didn't, but I should have, right? In hindsight, I'm sure that would have been like the butterfly effect that led to a much <laughs> yeah, different right. That... <laughs> right. I ended up just writing her a very nice note, you know, because I'm a professional, right? Um, so uh, I put out a Facebook post eventually to my network and I was like, uh, people, I need a real job. And I just got really lucky. And um, a friend of mine, uh, was uh, working uh, for a private equity fundraising group and said she'd put in a good word for me, and she did. And I joined Trans-Pacific Group in New York City as an admin assistant, very soon became an analyst because that's really what they were looking for. They were just trying to vet someone. Yep. So that company uh, assisted American private equity managers in fundraising from Asian institutional investors. And I was the uh, analyst for the investor side of the business. Did that for four years. Uh, learned a hell of a lot about um, private equity and uh, financial services in general, mm-hmm. uh, flow of capital from Asia to the U.S., et cetera, um, enough such that I felt like I developed a set of skills. And uh, I received an offer from that company to go over to Hong Kong and become um, the uh, lead analyst for the Hong Kong office. Awesome. And I was asked to commit three years to that. And it made me very reflective. And, um, you know, I was kind of coming up against the fact of like, okay, when I come back from this, I'm going to be 32. Uh, Do I really like this industry? Not really. It's a little buttoned up. It's a little suit and tie. Um, This is sort of like the influx point where you either, it's either the rest of your life or you got to get out now. Exactly. Um, And, and to, (laughs) To the credit of Trans-Pacific Group, it, they really did present me with two paths. And, and one of them was dig into private equity fundraising and go the route of like maybe investor relations ultimately, mm-hmm. or uh, do something else. 
And the something else for me was entertainment. Um, I had worked professionally as an actor. I had not made enough money to have a consistent living to the standard that I was looking for. Um, but I had amassed this set of financial skills that I thought, okay, well, you know, studios, production companies, uh, the streamers, uh, they need people with these skills, financial yep. modeling, research, um, you know, the, the quantity stuff, but with a qualitative ability to connect with creatives and otherwise less than quantity people. Yeah. So, um, I also wanted to go back to school and for years I had been thinking like what makes sense at that time I was very motivated um, to explore high ROI options and MBA kind of uh, kind of fit the bill for me um, I applied Sticks out to, there yeah 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 I was just thinking about like okay I'm gonna make a huge investment uh, what can I feel pretty comfortable about and I also viewed it as an opportunity to get to Los Angeles. I had thought about LA for years. Um, I was in New York for seven years. And um, it, it just kind of was this confluence. Um, and, and throw in the fact that I met someone in New York uh, around the time I was applying for school, my girlfriend, Jamie, who also was looking for a way to get out and, and move west. And, and uh, serendipitously, we... Um, partnered up at that point and uh we live together in culver city right now so uh I'm a lucky guy. <laughs> yeah i know it, it, i mean in the end it all worked out for you although it is one of the crazier paths that i've heard on the show even since our first interview <laughs> yeah still... yeah it's uh it's a nutty one um but anyway so i got into school and uh i had to choose between unc and usc and uh unc was home and comfort and my beloved alma mater and USC offered uh, Hollywood studios unlimited or nearly unlimited sunshine. Um, and uh, I took, I took the adventure route um, because the call homeward wasn't super strong yet. Mm -hmm. I think it'll get stronger uh, eventually, but, but uh, you know, I was, I was called by manifest destiny as I, as I put it at the time. Well, so if, you're, I, if your true end goal here is entertainment, I don't know if you'll ever be able to, call unc home uh well you know i mean like uh you know the heart wants what it wants right that's true <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm gonna have to navigate that at some point uh i do hope and anticipate and expect production to return to north carolina in the future uh to the extent that um it was there to begin with in the 90s when dawson's creek was shot there in one tree hill and, uh, you know, all the way up to the Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games film was shot in Charlotte. So so I was always thinking about, like, the whole Atlanta filming scene as well. Yeah, that there's, probably... there's work there for sure. There's work there. Um, there's a little bit of a scene in Maryland around Bethesda, D.C. There's some production there. Um, who knows? But now I'm here. Um, when I got to USC, I hit the ground running. I had never had business classes before. I really enjoyed the classwork. I really, really enjoyed BEA and getting involved in um, the Business of Entertainment Association, being mm -hmm. an AVP, uh, attending literally everything that they did. Uh, literally everything. Um, I'm watching uh, Parks and Rec for the first time through. Um, that's literally my favorite club at. <laughs> um, that's your first time watching through Parks and Rec? 
Yeah, I know it's crazy. It's crazy, but I love the show. I love it, love it, love it. So well, I'm so glad you're watching on. it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. I was, you know, like all of us going for an internship over the summer. Uh, I applied to 50 plus internships my first year. Holy cow. Oh yeah. Um, There's, I think my whiteboard still has all the old applications somewhere in LA. Oh God. <laughs> oh yeah. That whiteboard is a relic. Um, I um, got very close to a position at Disney Animation for, for finance. Um, I was told I was a finalist for that position. And then the next thing I was told there was that it was canceled, as were most of the other internships there, as were most of the jobs. But I, I believe they're still 50% furloughed. Um, yeah, the, the parks employees especially are still really, um, oh. at least in uh, Anaheim, they're, like none of them are back. Yeah, or a handful are for like upkeep and stuff. And even yeah. in Florida, they're still uh, really scaled back on how many employees are back in the park and the college mm. programs and stuff they use for most of their intern base still hasn't been even announced when they're starting that back. Right. Well, Fedge, you were going to intern for Disney, right? In, in the parks. Yeah. Um, uh, not with Imagineering. So Imagineering, right. Uh, like, uh, was it sourcing? Yeah, it was on the sourcing team. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, just so you listeners know, Fedge did book the book the gig and, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of other people book stuff at Disney too. <laughs> in the um, end, it made no difference. <laughs> in the end, it made no difference. Right. So, so my jealousy up front was completely, uh, you know, washed away by COVID-19. Yep. You would have had, you would have had that finance gig anyway. I certainly hope so. I spent, a great deal of time getting ready for that. Uh, that uh, I remember uh, helping you out with the. Uh, oh God, yeah. Framing some questions and stuff. That was so helpful. I, I talked to everyone I could. Um, I watched uh, and rewatched all of the latest Disney animation releases, mm -hmm. uh, including I had never seen Zootopia. I watched that. I just love Zootopia. <laughs> and every day I listened to This Land from the Lion King soundtrack like four times. Oh, right, because you're, you're a very big uh, Lion King. <laughs> you know the one. Yeah, there yep. was actually a big controversy. There was a WhatsApp group and, uh, and a kind of like a, a March Madness style bracket <laughs> for the best Disney film. And, uh, you know, I was long Lion King. Uh, Lion, like, I always pick Carolina to win uh, March Madness, and I, Lion King was my, was my Carolina and uh, I think it was Scott Angler that kind yeah. of uh, sowed the seeds <laughs> of Discord. I can't talk too bad about Scott, though, um, because um, Scott uh, I, uh, has a, a startup that I work for. So, um, oh, so he's your employer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much my employer, actually. I mean, that's not kind of official, but it, it really kind of sort of works that way. Um, anyway, so that's pivoting us to the next thing, which is the summer. So... Yes, Scott um, has a Scott Angler has a startup called Shopa, which is a media discovery platform meant to unclutter uh, the streaming space. You know what's streaming where, and uh, you know our aspiration is to have the cleanest, most accurate offering of this is what you can watch and where. Um, anyway, I did finance for him in that capacity this summer and continue to to work for that um, delicious little startup. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, also a shout out to my guy, Samir, who, um, 
in the uh, wake of, of COVID's, um, you know, messing up all of our plans. At like the midnight uh, hour of At the midnight yeah. hour, uh, at 11.59 on the doomsday clock, yeah. uh, reached out to his network and set up projects for BEA members. Um, and uh, I ended up doing a consulting project for a production company called Amule, uh, which is a, the, uh, the platform that a producer named Manal Khan is attempting to build um, and will build and will be very, very successful. I'm a big fan. But um, so my team and I uh, wrote a business plan for her and addressed mm -hmm. some ad hoc research and, um, and, and kind of, uh, you know, business development questions. Uh, and then I also TA'd uh, for uh, a fantastic professor in oh, the wow. EMBA and OMBA program at USC Marshall called Raj, Raj Rajagokalan. Um, uh, so that was an operations and supply chain class that I TA'd for. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it gave me the bug. So now I'm TAing for the full-time marketing core with Alan Weiss. I'm TAing for our, our beloved accounting professor, Randy Beatty's uh, PM accounting class. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. And then later in the uh, fall, uh, I'll be uh, PAing for another operations um, OMBA class. Yeah, you really got the bug for TAing. That's a, that's a yeah, lot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, um, it's, uh, it's my speed in terms of, um, of, uh, I, I love class and I love learning and just being a teacher or a TA is just better than being a student. It's, uh, but it, it, <laughs> it's, it's still a learning experience, you know, it's like a learning experience with more of a kind of privileged position. Cause now it's kind of like, you know, I, I have, um, you know, not to be like weird about it, but there's a little bit of power and, and not really power. Like there, there's also the service of it. Um, and there's also the, um, you know, the best way to learn something is to teach it. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a hundred percent true. So, and after grading all those papers, I imagine that information gets a little ingrained in your head too. Oh yeah. For all, for all the second year full-time MBAs out there, I'm currently grading uh, Randy's biz app one, uh, which if you don't recall is an Amgen scavenger hunt. Um, golden, <laughs> golden memories for my friends in the second year of the full-time MBA out there. That note, I'm I'm actually going to cut you off because I don't want to hear any more about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You found you ended up sort of landing on your feet in the summer and finding a good, diverse array of uh, just things to work on to keep yourself both busy as well as uh, really build your portfolio towards this sort of entertainment uh, role that you hope to land as a full time hire eventually. Oh yeah. So, and I think you got some credits along the way for that consulting project too. Um, I had the option, but there was like a kind of like a thing that you had to do. And I was kind of like, eh. Oh, really? I mean, I did the, I got two credits out of my consulting project. Well, I should have done that, but I didn't. So Third, the only caveat was that like our deliverable had to be like X amount of pages. Oh, well, we definitely had, I mean, if the X was like, I think our biz plan that we made for her was like 35 pages, but you it know. was like, it was like 10 pages per credit per person. So. I, I took two credits. Uh, my partner Aditi took one. And so we had like a 30, roughly 30 page uh, deliverable for them. And you did what you did Calgrove, right? Yeah, I did Calgrove media. Right on. Uh, 
but okay. No, no credit, but still a valuable uh, resume ad for you. I'm sure. Oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> and, and Manal is a fantastic person to be connected with in the industry. She is really going places. That's perfect. All right. So now that we've sort of learned about the crazy journey you've been on and still are on, to be honest, uh, yep. and where you hope to go and how that things are shaping up after the summer, uh, before we get more into, I guess, specific Marshall questions that we would want to answer for you, uh, we'll go into our second sort of uh, game of the show, and that is going to be trivia. But although okay. last time when we had our first interview that got fudged like once again, uh, we did obviously entertainment-based questions. Now I'm going to lead into the other passion that you've been developing recently, which is one for golf, since yes. I feel like 90% of any Insta activity that you have online is of you golfing, practicing golfing, or talking about golfing? I have become a, a total addict. Uh, and, and, and shout out to, my, to the, the three guys in my normal foursome, Sam Ani and uh, Garrett Ellison and Alex Uligian. Um, we, we just had a trip up to Ojai for my 30th birthday last weekend, and we played uh, Soul Park. Uh, those, are, those are the guys I've played with a lot, but let me, let me just put it out there. I'm open to playing with, with anybody. And, and I'm also on the board of the Marshall Golf Club, which is, which is a great organization that if you're interested in golf, you should, you should join. Very new club with a lot of energy from what yes. I hear. So. <laughs> yes. so I got some four golf questions up for you. Are you ready to give you your best shot? Yeah, you know, I told you this before, Fedge, caveat that I'm probably, you know, at this point still better at entertainment trivia than golf trivia, but let's do it. <laughs> so what term is used in describing a situation where a golfer scores eight on a hole? Um, well, I guess that depends on what par is for the hole, right? Because if it's a par five, then it's a triple bogey. I think there's a specific term for eight. Is there? Uh, well, when I when, five, I when I read be, it, when I read it, it makes a lot of sense. So, for for five for a part five, it would be a triple bogey, and for a part four, it would be a quad. Um, you're see, what you're is technically it? correct, but I guess there's one. It's like kind of like saying, like, I don't know, hole in one. I don't know okay. What the other ones are, um, so. Well, there's like a hole in one. There's albatross, eagle, birdie, par. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ocho, uh, Stinker, what is it? Uh, Snowman. Oh wow! I okay. Yeah, That's right. Great. Thank what do you. you. Think? Th thank you for that. I'm, I'll I'll bring it out to the course. Uh, I, I mean, I it. score I score a lot of eights, so <laughs> you might I'm, say that you're a snowman man. Yep, I'm going to be very familiar with this term. <laughs> That's great. Right. That's great. Second question. A lot of these people, like, I don't know who they are, so I don't know if they're good questions to ask. Oh, God. Okay, let's do it. All right. This one's an easy one, though. I'll, I'll, I'll give you this layup just because if you don't get it, then things are going to go south real quick here. Um, <laughs> in the game of golf, the iconic green jacket is presented to the winner of which championship? Masters. Okay. A tradition unlike any other. Got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I appreciate the layup, Fudge. My ego needed that. Uh, oh, you'll get that one. Eh, no, I mean, you have to get that one. Which famous golfer player is nicknamed Lefty? That's Phil Mickelson. 
Yeah. Even I knew that. I feel like I shouldn't ask you questions that I know because I know <laughs> nothing. Um, fun trivia about Phil Mickelson. He actually appears in the Kevin Costner uh, golf slash rom-com film called Tin Cup. There's a bunch of pros that are in that film. And uh, he, when he was like a uh, first year, second year guy on the tour, he was in that movie. And crazy enough, he's still on tour. Um, though he actually did just have his debut on the Champions Tour, which is the senior tour, and, and he did win his first event on the senior tour. Hats off to Phil, everybody. <laughs> Hats off to Phil. Golf clap. The lefty. Um, next question for you. I think if you, if you get this one, we have to do one more because there's no way. But hopefully you don't get this one. It says okay. very hard. Uh, who was the first non-American to win the Masters tournament? Was it... I've got a couple of names in mind. Gary Player, Nick Faldo, Ernie Els. Uh, Gary, Gary Player. Gary Player. Was Gary Player? South Jesus Africa? Christ. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he was born in Johannesburg, South Africa. Yeah. Born in Johannesburg. Yeah, I'm not going to try that. <laughs> <laughs> the cats, the, the, the prawns like the cat food. Oh, my God. From uh, uh, Maybe you would know this one. This will be the last one. This will be quick, though. Okay. In a game of golf, a low hook short, which does not go very far. Low hook shot, which does not go very far, is known as what? A low hook shot that doesn't go – a pole hook? Or um, – uh, um, I mean, you, 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 you could it. top it, and you if, you if you topped it, it might do that. Um, you want to give me a hint, Fudge? You had half of it right the last half. Oh, push hook? Mm-mm. Uh, shit hook? <laughs> I mean, kind of closer. Uh, it's like it, I, I, the way I'm imagining it, the way they're describing it, and the way the answer is, it's like it goes up and then just sort of comes right down. Like just dead hook. Um, um, is hook in the title? Yeah. Um, drop hook. Mm-mm. I'm not sure. What is it? Uh, duck. Duck hook. I think I maybe heard that before. I don't know how common any of these terms are. So you got ducks. You got dogs. You got dog legs. You know, all all dog legs. You know, <laughs> crazy dog legs. All right. So I think you did pretty well on that golf trivia. All things considered. Yeah, yeah. Gary Player. Wow. Gary Player. That was um, a good one. Yeah. I wait. I actually i um I made a post on Instagram, like a sentimental post on Instagram, and I featured a quote from Gary Player, which is, "A good golfer has the determination to win and the patience to wait for the breaks." Determination yep. to win, patience to wait for the breaks, which is you know your opportunities. Yeah, to not just go rushing into every every battle but knowing when knowing when your time is yeah i think it pairs nicely with uh, my favorite quote from hamlet which is that the readiness is all it's very true well that kind of oddly leads into this next question in some way i guess uh so the first question for more about i guess how you're going to treat this upcoming year uh but how's the how's this recent pandemic changed or pivoted the way in which you'll be pursuing the recruiting cycle for this year so I guess yeah. how you how you be picking your battles or readying yeah. yourself. Well, it's forced us all to um, really um, 
develop a sense of trust and faith in ourselves, right? Um, because things are going haywire and, uh, you know, plans are kind of getting thrown awry. And one way you could look at it is like, well, shit, we've just made this 100K plus investment and now our chances of coming out of it in the black uh, are, are challenged, right? So like mm-hmm. we are called upon to have trust and belief and faith in ourselves. Um, so I'm trying to cultivate that um, with a lot of help from my, from my loved ones and, uh, and mentors. Um, an interesting thing about entertainment in the era of uh, COVID-19 is that the natural competitive advantage of being a Marshall student um, in terms of being located in Los Angeles has been washed away. So the competitive advantage that I had being physically, you know, a 10 minute walk away from Sony studios and Culver and a mm-hmm. drive away from Warner's and Paramount and Disney, you know, that's gone. Um, so, so it, it calls upon us to even more so than before leverage and activate the Trojan network of alumni that work in the industry. So, you know, um, and, and that goes back to that first thing I said about having belief, which is like, I was a prolific networker in my first year and I've been really this year trying to remind myself, like, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to do it. And then there's a voice in me that says, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you connect with because you're screwed. And it's like, well, that's just not the right attitude. So, um, you know, definitely leveraging the network, definitely sniffing out opportunities in COVID proof areas, um, streaming, uh, tech companies, so looking more on the, not so much the studio specific stuff, but as well as kind of expanding into entertainment related, but not necessarily that are yeah. affected. Well, you know, New York Times did that crazy dire article a few weeks ago about how like Hollywood died or something like that. I forget exactly what the thesis was, but basically it was like, this is what has finally caused the end of the traditional way of doing things. And now the arbiters of content and taste are Netflix, Amazon, um, you know, Disney has mm-hmm. Disney plus, uh, AT&T has HBO max, but like it's, it's these tech platforms. Um, here's the thing, either we really are going to that tech kind of frontier era or, uh, traditional production w- will return with a vengeance, uh, in the case that some kind of, um, you know, the vaccine comes through in October or whatever it is, and uh, people are hungry to go to the theater. I, mean, I don't know, Tenet did 55 million uh, last week in International, yeah. which was, I think, I think a really good sign. Um, and that was without theaters in California, New York, and New Jersey. Right, right. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I took that as a, as a positive thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for, for Nolan. I was scared that uh, he was going to go, you know, hardcore about having the film open in theaters and it was going to fire up, fire back in his face and, and make him look a fool. And, and uh, I admire his mission to, uh, to honor the theatrical experience, which is also something that I love. Um, I hope that uh, the theatrical experience is uh, fully open to us again in December when Dune uh, hits the screen. Um, is that the new date now after the pushes um it dune never got pushed um dune dune is set for i think it's the week before christmas um there is a teaser 
that uh, was shown before Tenet, um, and uh, it has leaked online, and I have watched it many times. <laughs> um, and I, I think it looks fantastic. I'm I'm ready for Chalamet to uh, to assume full stardom. And you heard it here first, people. Um, this is not an expectation. This is a hope. My hope is that Dune, the Denis Villeneuve version that comes out at the end of 2020, is going to be something like a Titanic or some kind of big word of mouth, theatrical, romantic, adventure, comment on the moment that does huge business. That is my hope. It's not my expectation. I know that that's high in the sky, but my hope is that this, uh, this film version of Dune uh, breaks through to a, a mass audience. Well, given the timing and of all theaters up and running, that very much well could be sort of the elements that help drive it, to be honest. But Yes, and, and no filmmaker is more deserving of exposure like that than Denis Villeneuve right now. The, the guy has, has made um, no, no stinkers. Um, all fantastic films um, that are entertaining and, and serious about uh, meaningful questions of humanity. So let's get back on track a little bit here, though, because I know we I, – I, I love how you always manage to pull me into these segues. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> me neither. I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, second is more related to how you're approaching classes after having the experience with uh, the second half of uh, last year's semester yeah. being online. But what are some good habits that you've been practicing to stay engaged while being fully virtual for this semester? Yeah, well, it's a challenge, isn't it? Um, being on the the teacher side as a TA has been illuminating for me in terms of like what's attractive in a student. And um, let's be uh, completely honest, you can't maintain full focus for whatever it is, 80 minutes. I have some three-hour classes. It comes and it goes, right? Yeah. So, so don't judge yourself for losing focus, but be disciplined enough to um, – pay attention to what matters, right? Um, and I guess that kind of depends on what class you're in. But um, the way I think about it is um, the way I, that I stay engaged and the moments when I'm really awake and engaged and paying attention is, is when I'm developing um, something to share. So I'm, 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 I'm consuming what's coming at me from my classmates, from the teacher, from the slides, whatever, and I'm synthesizing a question or a point to make. And, and that's what helps me to, um, to stay engaged. So, you know, my, my suggestion on this front would be to lean into uh, connective tissue. How does this relate to something else? Like, for example, in uh, Duke Bristow's entrepreneurial finance class, um, we talked about the Wall Street Journal at the top of every class. And, and one of the articles was about Walmart uh, introducing a um, subscription service, much like Amazon Prime, but focused on grocery. And it just so happens that we're talking about Walmart in Professor Padame's brand strategy class. So it was for me about tying those two things together. Another opportunity arose in my producer class over at SCA. We had a, a guest named Oz Perkins, who is uh, Anthony Perkins' son. So the son of Norman Bates, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, he was in, um, Legally Blonde, and he's a filmmaker in his own right now. He just released a, a, a film earlier this year called Gretel and Hansel. And, um, you know, uh, I, I, I thought about connecting dots. I love the film Psycho, 
we have a producer in our class. He's also a director. You know, I've been in the arts as an actor and a director myself. And so it's about synthesizing something that like puts your shit together. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so the way to stay connected is to say, well, how does this to connect to other stuff that I care about? Cause if you care about something, you're connected to it uh, because it, 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 uh, it pulls you. You need, you need to find how you can get your classes to pull you. And then you don't have to worry about paying attention because you're actually just being pulled by the uh, material. Yep. That's, that's a very good point. So kind of, even if it at face value doesn't really seem that important or all that impactful to you, taking that extra effort to try to like connect it to something that either in your personal life or in through other classes or just something you're interested in. Totally. Uh, totally. To really drive that. What's focus. your entry point? What's your entry point? And, and guess what? Teachers need to be concerned about that too. How do I get yeah. students to enter into the world of this class? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then final question for you today is what piece of advice do you have for the 2022 class as they're about to wrap up term one, or they'll have been, they'll have just finished term one when this episode airs and begin to really get involved in the various clubs, recruiting and networking that we have available. Yeah. I mean, there's just, there's 20 things I could say right now, but um, I saw a film this summer called Palm Springs, which I think a lot of people watched on Hulu. Uh, it owns the record for highest acquisition deal at Sundance, $17 million and 69 cents. Uh, thanks to Andy Samberg's sense of humor. Yep. Um, but uh, it's a groundhog day style story. And um, the, main characters are stuck in a time loop for you know what could be decades right much like bill murray and groundhog's day and uh jk simmons plays a character um who is uh accidentally roped into the time loop and at first is very angry with andy sandberg's character for roping him in and so every once in a while shows up to kill andy sandberg um, out just of, for the day. <laughs> yeah, just for the day. Out of vengeance. Like, you motherfucker, you got me involved in this shit. And it's always creative and it's always something different. But over the course of the film, it stops happening. And Andy Samberg's like, why the hell isn't the guy coming to kill me today? Um, and he goes to find him. The guy lives in Irvine, okay? Irvine, California, which is south of us here in LA. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's kind of like, it's Orange County, right? Between here and San Diego. Yeah, I'd say it's like and, right there in Orange County, yeah. And uh, I actually have a very dear friend of mine um, named Matt Hazard, who, who loves Irvine and introduced me to Irvine many moons ago. But um, so he goes to visit J.K. Simmons in Irvine. And the whole movie, you see this J.K. Simmons guy, and he's like this crazy ass, like, nut job who's killing Andy Sternberg in creative ways. Mm -hmm. Goes to his house, finds him just sitting in the backyard with these kids, his kids, his wife, he's drinking. And, you know, he's kind of like accepted it. Um, he's kind of like learned to love every day in the exact same situation. And he focuses on things. He focuses on his kids. He focuses on his wife. He focuses on enjoying that drink in his hand, that beautiful Southern California weather, um, the, the, the fresh cut grass of his yard, you know, um, and, mm -hmm. and he, and Sandberg goes to him for advice, essentially, like how to, how the hell do I deal with this? And J.K. Simmons says, you have to find your Irvine. You have to find your Irvine. You have to find that place where you can be there every single day and, and, and have something that you love about it and something that 
um, you know, makes you passionate. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't think of a more apt piece of advice or, or, or metaphor for, for COVID-19. You know, you have to find the things that you can do every single day in a world of unchanging variables, right? We're all stuck in our homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all uh, limited in some capacity. Uh, you have to find your Irvine. You have to find the thing that you can do every day and be happy about it. Um, and so for me, you know, I play a lot of golf now. I think about golf a lot. Yeah. I have a practice mat. I swing the club, you know, that's, this is kind of my Irvine. And, yeah. uh, I, I have, I have found ways to enjoy talking on zoom. Like right now, this is very nourishing for me. Um, you know, find your Irvine, find the thing that you can do day in, day out that, that, uh, that gives you uh, joy and peace. Yeah. I got to admit, I had no idea where the hell you're going with that metaphor at first. And that wrapped up very nicely though. That was very apt. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Thanks for going out on a limb with me, Fed. Oh my God. I was like, what the hell does JK Simmons killing Andy Samberg have to do with this question at all? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And, and on top of it all, JK Simmons is just a, a, a wonderful, generous actor. No, no, I'm not letting you do this. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. J.K. Simmons is awesome. We can just leave it at that, though. <laughs> it's true. Not yeah. my tempo. It's true. Uh, so that about wraps up all the questions that I had for you today. Uh, so want to take a moment here to thank you for coming on the show. But obviously, before we end tonight's show, there are a couple of things of housekeeping that we have to do here. And one is uh, to thank you for coming on the show once again. Uh, you get sort of a 30-second to a minute plug to really talk about or promote whatever you want, whether it's stuff with clubs, stuff going on at Marshall, stuff in your own personal life, people you want to shout out to. Uh, the time is yours, and so it starts up now. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I'd like to shout out to my, my foursome from the summer, which includes Garrett and Alex and Sam, and say how much that I appreciate you sticking with me through it and, and uh, learning the game with me. Um, I would advocate to uh, all first years that if you're interested in golf at all, and you think you could be interested in some capacity, please join the Marshall Golf Club. Uh, the board and I will be happy to welcome you and give you the resources that you need to learn uh, about the game, which I think is a, is a wonderful lifelong uh, undertaking. Uh, and, then, and then BEA, uh, if you're interested in the business of entertainment, you must join BEA. We have a great uh, lineup of programming for this semester and next. And um, I will say that uh, of all the organizations uh, and kind of uh, groups at school, uh, BEA was my home last year and it's my home this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it very much. So um, I welcome all entertainment uh, minded individuals to, to sign up. I love how you keep calling them a foursome. There's nothing. Uh... <laughs> No, no dual meeting there at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, it's a foursome with me included, right? So. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and then before, I mean, towards the end of the show, like I give with every other special guest here, uh, you get to choose a song that we play out for the episode. I forget what you chose the first time, actually. Yeah, well, I kind of thought, like, maybe I should pick something new. Um, but since the old episode never aired, um, you know, I, I think we ought to do it. Now, the difficult thing, Fedge, is that um, there are different versions of this song and you need to make sure that you get the right one. Um, but there is a piece of music called uh, Rhythm of the Night by Corona. 
Yep, I just looked up my old notes to to double check on that. But we need to make sure it's the right one. Are you using Spotify or what are you using? Um, I'll usually pull the song from YouTube since I got to rip the audio so I can place it oh. into the recording itself. Um, so let me send you the correct link just so we get it right because it would just kill me if, if it was the wrong version. That is fine. But okay, so you'll send me that offline. But again, uh, Josh, thank you for taking the time to chat with me once again for today. Uh, fortunately, the audio this time is going to be crystal clear. So your episode will go to air this time. So love will it. Be, <laughs> we'll love be able it. to hear all about your journey from uh, moving around as an army brat to learning your passion as an actor to finally hoping to finding a eventual career working on the business or production side of that wonderful industry we call entertainment. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just on behalf of my dad, I have to say Air Force brat. Just, Air Force, just sorry. That right, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's all the time we have for today. Uh, I've been your host, Fej McDermott. Once again, thank you, Josh, for joining us. And to play you out today, we will be going off with Rhythm of the Night by Corona, which I'll have the correct one for you. Thank you, Fej. Awesome. This is the